Al, it's time to talk about your favorite developer in the history of video games. Why are you slandering me like this? <laughs> what do you mean? How dare you? Everyone knows you're a big uh, Kojima fan. Hmm. <laughs> you, you love the dude. <laughs> you got them jokes. I got jokes for you. That's what I'm here for. Anyways, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of the Seasonal Anime Checkup OVA. It's a podcast where we have conversations about video games, anime, and manga. Hello, I'm Jared, joined as always by Doc Allen, Lady M. Hello. This is episode 360. It is an Xbox worth of episodes for you this week. <laughs> We're going to do a complete full circle. Yay! I mean, to be fair, I guess you could say this is a complete full circle as we're going to talk about something that is, you know, very metatextual as, you know, something similar to what we talked about in our first episode. What was our first episode? Uh, the Danganronpa 3 anime, of course. Oh, yeah, you're right. That was our first episode. Back in, what, 2016? No, 2017? One of those years. Would have been 2016. Some, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it would have been 2016 for sure. Long, long time ago. But yeah, we are talking about Metal Gear Solid 2. I made Al watch me play this game. You did. I agreed to it. It's true. Let's put it that way. You didn't, like, <laughs> You're gonna watch force me. me. <laughs> you want to play a game? Oh, God. That's that's basically it, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, the, uh, the second Metal Gear Solid game, which came out... Back in November of 2001. Oh, right, which we discussed a thing about that date. Yes, we will probably talk about that here at some point as well, of course. Uh, but yeah, this game uh, is, what, 22 years old now? Has had a, I, a heaping, I could be teaching this. You could be teaching this. This has had a heaping number of re-releases. Uh, it had the MGS2 Substance re-release a year later in November of 2002. Um on the Xbox and then came out later on the PS2 in March of 2003 which basically added in some of the stuff that's in like the HD re remake of like VR missions uh, alternate takes on the story it also had the fun uh skateboarding mission that they just pulled from the Konami skateboarding game at the time which has been pulled out of the HD versions I say you didn't show me that Yeah it's not in there anymore Lame um, Cowards. There was the uh, the Metal Gear HD edition, the collection that came out on PS3, 360, and Vita, uh, which had two, three, and Peace Walker, and then the Metal Gear Solid Master Collection, which just came out on Switch, PS4, PS5, PC, and Xbox, has one through three and Peace Walker. So yeah, this game has been out for a while, and it's come out on a lot of things, and it's also been very uh, famous for being ahead of its time in terms of the commentary it has on society and various aspects of it. I will give it credit for that. Yeah. Yeah, I'll definitely give it credit for that. So yeah, let's talk about this here video game. Okay. Let's talk about the development first of it though, before we dive into it and we get okay. Al's thoughts and opinions on Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh boy. So let's talk about with this game. Uh, Creator Hideo Kojima's original design document for the game was completed in January 1999. Uh, the Japanese document was published by Konami in 2002 and translated into English in 2006. 
It mentioned that the game was originally going to be called Metal Gear Solid 3 with the Roman numeral 3 to symbolize Manhattan's three tallest skyscrapers. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> God, they didn't do that. 99. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, the document outlines new game mechanics and features such as bodies that need to be hidden, enemies being able to detect shadows, lights in an area that can be destroyed to affect enemy vision, realistic enemy AI that relies on squad tactic, tra tha tactics rather than working individually, and multi-level environments that add an element of vertical tension to the stealth gameplay. It also outlines themes such as passing on memories, environmental issues, and particularly social themes regarding the digit digitization of the military, digital simulations, the digitization of operational planning, the digitization of everyday life, and the effects of digitization on personality. Uh, the document stated that the aim of the story involves a series of betrayals and sudden reversals to the point where the player is unable to tell fact from fiction, departing from the very clear and understandable story of his predecessor. That every character lies to, lies to betrays someone once, blurring the line between what is real and what is fantasy, and irony is aimed at the digital society and gaming culture. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the game's production budget was $10 million, similar to the budget of a Japanese Godzilla film. Uh, Kojima states that when he heard about the hardware for the PlayStation 2, he wanted to try something new. Up to that point, all cutscenes had focused more on details like facial expressions, but I wanted to pay more attention to the surroundings to see how much I could change them in real time. The game was in development for four years, and over 100 people worked on the game. Of course. I will say, it looks good. Yeah. I mean, like... It is a game that has aged very HD well version, but... uh, visually. Like, I think I think if you go back and look at like just the PS2 version, you'll be like, yeah, this game still looks pretty good. And this is a game that yeah. came out 22 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it definitely aged well. Yeah. I will give it that. I don't. I don't. I don't normally give Kojima a lot of credit, but I'll give him credit there. Uh, of course. Obviously, he was not the only one. But yeah, of course. You know. Uh, one of the most famous things about this game is the protagonist switch. Whoa! Uh, for Metal Gear Solid 2, the established protagonist of Solid Snake was only made playable for the prologue portion of the game. A new mm -hmm. protagonist named Raiden was substituted him as the player character for the main portion. The decision to introduce a new protagonist came from the idea of portraying Solid Snake from another character's perspective, but also to get around the dilemma of having to write gameplay tutorials directed at Snake, as Kojima felt that having to explain <laughs> mission procedures and weapon handling to a veteran soldier like Snake would have felt unnatural after three mainline titles. Uh, Raiden was also deliberately designed to appeal to female players after the team overheard a pair of female debuggers remark that the more middle-aged protagonist of the original Metal Gear Solid was not appealing to them. Uh, Raiden's presence in the game was kept a secret before release, with preview trailers showing Snake in situations and battles that occurred to Raiden in the published game, such as a battle against a Harrier on George Washington Bridge and an encounter with a new cyborg ninja inside the tanker. So there's a lot of, like, the early trailers for this game are deliberately fake to hide that Raiden is actually a character in this game. I feel like this is an interesting period because, um, I mean, obviously this is a bit after um, Metal Gear Solid. Um, but even with like Ocarina of Time, which was like what ninety eight, yeah. One of the statements was, "Well, my wife said that the character wasn't attractive, and so I decided to like make him look like a Hollywood star. Mm -hmm. But then I couldn't like make him too attractive, so I gave him the stupid like tights, um, to <laughs> to try and like tone it down a bit. So it's it's kind of wild to me that this is the second time I've really heard of like." Oh, hey, we were listening to women who were saying, like, your characters aren't attractive. Which, I mean, like, cool. Listen to women. That's a good idea. Mm -hmm. um, include more women on your teams. Yay. <laughs> um, 
but it's just it's just a wild thing that, that keeps coming up of like what if we make our dudes attractive it's also interesting as well because like obviously this this idea that they went with almost backfired on them as well because of the mm-hmm. predominantly dude demographic of metal gear solid fans being like oh look this guy's too pretty and everything <laughs> all that sort of stuff uh it also is uh, uh i'm trying to think of the right way to word this um there's the whole idea of like what women find attractive and what men think that women find attractive right um and in, in the case of both link and right in it's like oh hey women like this like not super burly dude yeah <laughs> uh which you know it's interesting but um i mean i i get it i get it if you gave me like a dude that looks like Snake and a dude that looks like Raiden. I'm going to go Raiden even though Snake has a better butt. <laughs> and, I mean, he hands down takes that competition. It's true. We got to look at the butts quite a lot in this game. and, and Also true. Yeah. Snake still has that. That man does not skip his squats. 100%. Uh, anyway, sorry about talking about butts. No, you're fine. That's, that's going to come up. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the plot changes that happened with this game. Nahone, yeah. Uh, according to Kojima in the documentary Metal Gear Saga Volume 1, the original plot of the game revolved around nuclear weapon inspections in Iraq and Iran and had Solid Snake trying to stop the Metal Gear while it was located on an aircraft carrier in a certain time limit while try- trying to stop Liquid Snake and his group. However, about six Ooh, months into Iraq the project, Iran, huh? yeah, the political <laughs> situation in the Middle East became a concern and they decided that they could not make a game with such a plot. The tanker in the release game is based on this on this original plot. Uh, MGS2 is also intended to reference the novel City of Glass, notably in, na- in the naming of its characters. Uh, Raiden's support team originally featured a different field commander named Colonel Daniel Quinn, Maxine Max Work, an Asian woman who, ser- who saves game data in quotes Shakespeare, and William Doc Wilson, the creator of GW. All take their names from key characters in the book, and all three would have turned out to be AIs. None of these characters survived the, to the final edition, their roles being absorbed by other characters, namely the Colonel Campbell situation, Rose, and Emma Emmerich. Peter Stillman, however, takes his name from another City of Glass character. Uh, a character named China Man, originally planned to be included as a villain, was later on omitted and his abilities incorporated in Vamp, namely the ability to walk on water and walls. China Man would have, mo- have movements modeled after Jet Li and have a body tattoo of a dragon that would come alive as soon as he dove into the water. Oh boy. Uh, significant changes to the game's ending were made late in development following the September 11th attacks in New York where the finale occurs. Yep. Uh, a sequence depicting Arsenal Gear's displacement of the Statue of Liberty and crash- crashing through half of Manhattan was removed, as was a short coda to appear after the credits, a breaking newscast showing the Statue of Liberty's new resting place, Ellis Island. Other deleted scenes included Solidus shreds the New York Stock Exchange flag with his sword during the crash of Arsenal Gear and the fall of the flag over his body after his death, and American flags that were supposed to be on all of the flagpoles in New York were removed from the title. Which is interesting. Uh, that is an interesting choice. I don't know why the American flags are removed. But... The Japanese spelling of the name Raiden was changed from Katakana to Kanji due to the former former form of the name resembling Bin Laden in Japanese. Oh! <laughs> oh yikes! Oh, God. That's wild. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like, imagine having to make those changes so quickly, because it came out in November mm-hmm. of that year. So they had, like, 
a month to turn that around. He sure did. Oofa doofa. Very Talk quick. about crunch. Yeah, no kidding. Whew. I mean, like, it, it was smart. It was a good decision. But, like... Oof. You kind of had to. Yeah, yeah. You had no choice there. Yeah. Things were still uh, very uh, tense and hot at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that, that would have completely sunk Konami and Kojima if they had done that. Mm-hmm. So, I understand why they did it. Yeah, 100%. Um, there was other stuff related to this game that they put out. They put out the document of Metal Gear Solid 2, which is basically like an interactive documentary about the game released in September of 2002, mm-hmm. which was an interesting thing. There is a comic book adaptation about it. Uh, and there's also a novelization of the video game that I own. Nice. Apparently there's also a second one they put out. Whoa. But I do not have that. How, how do you... Do a second novelization. Uh, it says you just rewrite it again. A second novelization titled Metal Gear Solid Substance Two. Uh, the novelization is narrated in real time during the events of the plant chapter from the perspective of a young man living in Manhattan. Oh, okay. It's interesting. Um, I also want to mention the weird coincidence of two of the characters who are in a romantic relationship being called Jack and Rose. Mm-hmm. Um just a few years after the phenomenon that was Titanic. I mean, we know Kojima is a big cinephile, so... Yeah. That is uh, not surprising. So, um, I don't know if that was intentional, but it's... You know, it's a coinky-dink. Yeah, of course. Uh, Game reviewed well when it came out, of course. It sold a lot of of copies. Mm -hmm. It has received accolades and awards been seen as one of like you know the most prominent video games of all time sort of deal all that it has uh, it's done its part but let's also talk about how people have looked at this through an analytical lens because <laughs> apparently that's a thing here on this wikipedia page that makes sense that makes sense uh metal gear solid 2 is often considered the first example of a postmodern video game Sure, if you want to dispute that, you could. Uh, And has been often cited as a primary example of artistic expression in video games. Uh, The storyline explored many social, philosophical, and cyberpunk themes in significant detail, including meme theory, social engineering, sociology, artificial intelligence, information control, fifth-generation warfare, conspiracy theories, political and military maneuvering, evolution, existentialism, censorship, the nature of reality, the information age, virtual reality, child exploitation, taboos such as incest, sexual orientation, and the the moral dilemma between security and personal liberty. It's a lot. (laughs) <laughs> yep. But also, that's all in there. Uh, it is. Since its release, the game's themes have been studied and analyzed by numerous writers, journalists, and academics. MGS2, along with his predecessor, has been featured in the Smithsonian American Art Museum's exhibition, The Art of Video Games, in 2012. Uh, in, his paper, in his paper, How Video Games Express Ideas, Matthew Wise of the Massachusetts Institute of Technology describes Sons of Liberty as perhaps the most vivid example of a game that uses tension between different levels of player agency to fuel a mostly faceted ideological argument. Noting Solidus Snake's suggestion of the United States being a totalitarian regime of thought control and pointing to the very meta concept of how the developers impose plan or path for the player maps to the tyrannical nature of the government, where, like the player, Jack has no agency other than what his puppet masters give him. 
In the book Joystick Soldiers, The Politics of Play in Military Video Games, Tanner Higgin explained or examined the game's resistant and subversive counter history of military engagement, describing its convoluted narrative and unconventional gameplay logics as a critique of the very networks of biopolitical and informational informational control that comprom that comprise the postmodern military and posthumanity generally, and noting that it pur purposefully manufactures frustration and negative affect to highlight the typically unexamined codes, conventions, and hidden pleasures of the military game genre. Uh, Stephen Poole commented in a 2012 Edge column, The story of MGS2 with his mythic wit and sweep is still in a different league from the vast majority of video game yarns. However, the fact that MGS2 still seems so avant-garde today might, might well prompt a worry. Does it represent the pinnacle of a now-vanished era, the age of the ex experimental mainstream? This was, after all, a big-budget commercial box product that gleefully took risks and subverted genre conventions at every turn. Modern blockbuster games play it painfully safe by comparison. Uh, Gama Sutra notes that the game deals with issues concerning the information age and has compared the game's themes to the, f the philosophies of Thomas Hobbes, Frederick Nietzsche, and George William Frederick Hegel. Uh, the existential themes of the games align with the political f philosophy and thesis of Isaiah Berlin and George William Frederick Hegel, focusing on the struggle between freedom and equality and Berlin's concept of the, per uh, the pursuit of the ideal as the player's internal conflict of ideals are one of the main driving forces of the plot. Uh, the game is considered to be ahead of its time for dealing with themes and concepts that later became culturally relevant in the 2010s. The game has been described as profound, particularly the final dialogue scene between Raiden and the AI posing as the Colonel and Rose. Uh, in 2011, Drugan Patrick of Gamasutra drew comparisons to social media and social gaming and found that the game predicted elements of Facebook, such as allowing people to unintentionally censor their own experience with the self-curated walls of Facebook. In 2016, Alex Witshire of Glixel found the game to be strangely pres prescient of not only its own time but also today, noting how it dodged truth at every turn and comparing it to post-truth politics, Facebook Facebook's curated newsfeed, and the 2016 United States presidential election. Further comparisons have been drawn to concepts that become mainstream during the 2010s, such as fake news, echo chambers, and alternative facts. Uh, according to Cameron Kunzamil of Vice, Metal Gear Solid 2 is still politically relevant in, relevant in 2017. In March 2018, GamesRadar drew comparisons to recent political events, including the Facebook Cambridge Analytica data scandal and the investigations involving Russian interference in the 2016 United States elections. Uh, and then in 2018, Adrian Rose published a paper in the academic journal Cultura I Historia, or Historia, where the idea of selection for societal sanity from the game is applied into a philosophical framework based on slick concepts from Bernard Steigler's writing and incorporating them with current events such as post-truth or fake news in order to explore the role of techne and filtration within, within social organizations and individual psyches. He notes that despite being released in an era of neoliberal dominance, the game's themes resonate with current affairs in the late 2010s such as post-truth, the collapse of political correctness, cognitive dissonance, and the problem of filtering within a society flooded by information. IGN said its fourth wall obliterating, obliterating final act posed a number of terrifying questions about the overload of data in the information age and how technology has led to an increasingly shaky definition of reality and has drawn comparisons to deep fakes, machine learning, and information warfare. It's a whole lot. That's a lot. Yes. <laughs> That's a lot. Um, but yeah, they this game in this in this twenty years since then has definitely been used to examine how the world has definitely changed in those twenty years and how this game somehow was able to be like, Hey, this is stuff that might be happening soon. Let's talk about it. <laughs> um, and I, I talked to you about this, but I think like one of the things that Kojima pulled from 
when he was doing all this sort of stuff talking about you know like uh censorship and truths and reality and all that sort of stuff is that he was pulling from a lot of like japanese forums at the time which were kind of mm-hmm. doing something similar that would eventually come to pass with the, the age of social media you know a decade or so later so he was taking from that and applying it to this game and everything and obviously a lot of the stuff that he was dealing with or seeing at that time would be blown up to a much larger scale in the years to follow mm-hmm. which was which is interesting and also i think this is probably the the game that kind of started the impetus of like i mean kojima just has predicted the future all the time you know like bruh <laughs> which is what i hear most about kojima at this point is that he predicts the future And also, you know, he fake smokes for pictures. <laughs> he does. <laughs> oh, I forgot that we named him Norman Reedus. We did. This. It was very funny. <laughs> so the end, we were like, wait, what? Norman Reedus? Oh, yeah. oh, wait. We did that. That was a thing. <laughs> I totally forgot we did it until it showed up again. Mm-hmm. Really funny. <laughs> it was real good. <laughs> oh, man. Um. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know about the whole like first postmodern game, which you said you could dispute that, but like I would say maybe like the 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 first. It's like, probably the m- most prominent. Most one. prominent, but also probably like the first like blockbuster, like triple A yeah, game yeah, yeah. that would explore this kind of idea. I would agree with that. Um, calling it the first, generally, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I get where they're going. Yeah. I, I get, I get, I get where we're going on this ride. Mm-hmm. It's just, oof. Um, I'm also mad at myself because I definitely made a, a vamp reference the other day. I was so proud of you. <laughs> proud? I was so happy about it. <laughs> oh my God. I don't even remember what I was referencing other than blood, but. I made a vamp reference, and I was like, oh, what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? This game is wild. Yeah, so... what? Okay, let's just, let's just dive into the OWL experience here. How did you feel about Metal Gear Solid 2? Because you have played 4, right? Mm-hmm. That's the only one you've played. Correct. So I had to fill you in on some details about like what was happening in one per se. Oh, I was super lost on a lot of the like names and groups yeah, yeah, yeah. and things like that. And I was like, I I don't know what's happening here. That's fair, that's fair. Um, um but yeah. But yeah, you did have to catch me up. How was your Metal Gear Solid 2 experience? Um could have done without the incest. Yeah. Um, oh, look, I like this game a lot. There's also things in this game that have not aged well and did not age well at the very beginning when this game came out. So, Could have also done without the whole yourself thing. Uh, that's just Kojima. I think the, the thing you came out of this or like one of the biggest things you said. Is like, Kojima okay? Is he okay? Does he have a fetish? I mean, I think he does. I think he has a fetish and I don't know if he is okay. Um, Because there are many things that were coming up in this game that I was like, is this man all right? Bruh, you good? Um, which I still don't know the answer to that. I I don't know if Kojima is is good. I don't I don't know if 
bruh is feeling himself and he is maybe he needs to go to therapy therapy's good just a plug for therapy um kojima probably needs it that's my biggest takeaway from this game <laughs> uh i mean it's it was shorter than i expected i will say that yeah the, like i feel like one through three are very like the like 10 hour little jaunts you get through Mm-hmm. Yeah, I expect it to be a lot longer because, again, my experience is Metal Gear Solid 4. Yeah. Um. So I was expecting, and I watched my brother play some of 5. Mm-hmm. Which those are two mm-hmm. different, very anomalies compared to these first three games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so I was not expecting it to be like, we played it a few times and then it's done. Yep. Um. I also went in knowing about the whole, like, write-in controversy of like people were un- unsure about the protagonist um switch which reminds me of devil may cry mm-hmm. and how people were unsure about that which they were wrong about <laughs> and it looks like they were wrong here too um there are many very strange characters in this game. That's Metal Gear. There is a man who roller skates around you. Yeah. And tries to blow you up. Yeah, you know, and drinks wine through a straw. Right. Correct. And his name is Fat Man? Correct. And he also has a very large pop collar. He does. It's pretty good. Why? Pretty Why good. does this man exist? Uh, you know, he, he he's just a he's just a dude. He need to you need an introductory boss, of course. Right, right, right. Um Another thing I brought up while we were playing this is that um there wasn't as much uh like sexualization of the women mm-hmm. as there is in later games. Yeah. Which cool. Um they were like right up in the grundles of the dudes though. <laughs> yep. I'm like, oh, okay, hello. <laughs> um, I don't know how I overall feel about this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like some of it is kind of like pretentious pseudo-intellectualism. Sure. Um, but then some of the other stuff is like, okay, like, you're cooking here. I get it. I get it. I get where you're going here. Um... Why are we grabbing somebody's junk when we're the president of the United States? See, he predicted in the future. I mean, there was a president who said that they would grab people by the genitals, but probably not the same genitals that Raiden has. Um, so essentially what I'm getting from the Wikipedia and what I just said, uh, he he knew that Donald Trump was going to exist. Well, as a president. I was going to say, I think he probably knew he existed already, so... <laughs> as a president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, woof. Uh, I think one of my favorite things about this game is that you you made the little dudes wiggle. Mm-hmm. That was entertaining to me. Get their dog tags. You make them, make them wiggle. Um, and I do think it's actually a pretty cool idea that you have like two routes you can go with the lethal and the non-lethal. Mm-hmm. 
Like that sounds relatively innovative for the time. Yeah, that's basically what they would do for like the rest of the games afterwards. Right. Um, but it's not even like given to you as a thing. Like it wasn't blatantly spelled spelled. It was not blatantly spelled out for you that you could do that. Mm-hmm. Or at least I didn't see it. No, it's it's like you have to do it for the first boss fight on with Snake because that's mm-hmm. the only gun you have. But then afterwards, right. they're kind of just like, "All right, do what you do what you want, mm-hmm. play it how you want." <laughs> Which I mean, it makes sense that they had you do a non-lethal for the first boss because of plot reasons. Mm-hmm. Would would be kind of bad if you killed that person. Yeah, just a little bit. Ooh. Um. We played this like what a week and a half ago. Basically. I still don't know how to verbalize how I feel about this game. <laughs> That's how I feel like most people when they have their first experience with Metal Gear Solid 2 is. <laughs> yeah, well, because, like, I went in thinking, okay, this is one of Jared's favorite games, period. Jared loves this game. Mm-hmm. Jared has good taste of games. <laughs> So there's got to be something here that is is good. And I I agree there is something here that's good. There are a lot of things that are not so good. Yeah. Um but like I I I I wouldn't ever consider this like oh my god this is a top tier video game for me. But like I can see the appeal of it. Yeah, I think as well though like if you had, if we had played through one, it might also hit a little bit better for you as well, because there's mm-hmm. so many direct references to one, and like specifically how they lay out the second game is very much just like, hey, we're doing one again. Oh, okay. So yeah, like you mentioned, the 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 colonel guy who talks to you mm-hmm. is from one. Yeah. And I didn't, I didn't get that. Mm-hmm. I just thought he was a guy. Um. It was pretty funny to hear Ryden constantly like I know what I'm doing I did it in VR <laughs> and everyone's just like Ugh. Ugh. like oh my god dude we get it you, you did it in VR congratulations um I I think the love story question mark is something it it mm, it's it exists. Does it? <laughs> it sure is a thing. Like he he forgot what the date was the whole time, um, and then only like really showed any kind of emotion towards her once he thought that she was like potentially not real, and it's like oh um. Kojima doesn't know how to write romance, huh? I mean, to be fair, would you expect Kojima to be able to write a romance? No, it's just an interesting choice to try and, like, pin that up as an important part of the narrative. When, uh, well, he also has another disaster of romantic writing in this game, so (laughs) I guess I shouldn't expect much at all. Yeah. I does Kojima have a sibling? 
I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. I said this to Fears the other day, but I was like, I feel like people who write this weird incestuous don't have siblings. Because, like, I don't know. I got a brother. Kojima is the youngest of three children. What the f***? Okay, well, that throws my theory out of the water. He's just f***ed up. Like, you have a sister. You wouldn't be like, mmm, look at my sister. Nope. And, like, I'm not like that with my brother. This is weird. But this girl who's, like, not only his sister, but also, like, a decade or so younger? I, I don't know the age difference, but it felt like she was quite a bit younger. Also, did I miss what was happening? Because there was a thing about, like, the dad drowned, mm -hmm. and she was somehow involved, and was his name Otacon? Mm -hmm. He was doing something, and they're like, what were you doing? He's like, oh, I'm... did I miss what was happening there? Oh, he was getting it on, he was like getting it on with the mom. He was f***ing his mom? That was the is implication. That is that what you're telling me? Yeah, because he talks about how, like, the stepmom seduced him. Oh. So there you go. Oh, this gets worse. Yep. <laughs> oh, this gets worse. So not only is the sister... In love with the older brother. But the older brother was banging her mom. While his dad offed himself. Man, speaking of a family, needs therapy. <laughs> Dude, that, I that mean, whole not family that it matters. Up, so. um, it seems like only one of them's alive now. I don't know about the stepmom, but... Right. You know, the, the, other, the dad's dead. The, the sister's dead. Um, yeah, I stand by Kojima needing, needing therapy and also being a very f***ed up guy. Ugh. 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 Um, I will say another positive. I enjoyed Vamp. Even though he had a very hard boss fight that you had to do a lot. He was stupid. Mm -hmm. And just out of nowhere, they're like, here's a vampire character. Do you need an explanation? Well, you're not getting one. Here you go. Also, he's got a bullet through the head. Doesn't matter. I was like, all right, you know what? I'm into this. I like this guy. Well, don't worry. They explain all that stuff in 4 of why he's able to do everything. I don't remember that in 4 at all. It's it's the nanomachines in him. Oh, okay. That's it. So you could explain everything by nanomachines. Uh, yep. Okay, okay, okay. Um So that's that's the 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 bullet and uh, I don't even remember what else I asked about. 
Yeah, he's he's able to not he's able to stay alive because his nano machines keep him alive. Is he actually a vampire? Who's to say? Well, I'm just asking. <laughs> that's that's up for you to decide. Okay. And then I also, I think I put it together, but I could be wrong on this. The 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 fortune lady uh-huh. in the bodysuit. Uh-huh. Her dad was the general man who was on the boat that got shot. Correct. Okay, so I did get that right. Because uh-huh. she was talking about like how Snake killed her dad and that she was going to avenge him and... It's like who the hell is her dad? <laughs> no, you, and you then they write. showed a cutscene later, and I was like, okay, okay, I think that was her dad. Yep, yep, yep. Um. Yeah, yeah, and and then there was the man with the arm. His his arm was a whole other person. Uh huh. This game's weird. Yeah. <laughs> this game's real weird. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's also nudity. Dude butt. Dude butt, and and cartwheels while holding your junk. <laughs> see that taint. Yeah, sometimes you gotta see the taint. I guess. I mean, like I said, you get all up in the grundle in certain mm-hmm. certain shots. I was like, whoa. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta back up a little bit. You don't need to be like right there, my guy. <laughs> nope. Gotta, gotta show that off. Um, something that bothered me. Okay. Snake gives you a pack of cigarettes. Uh huh. You never use the cigarettes. No. What are they there for? Um, so you can use them to see lasers. Because through the cigarette smoke, they'll they'll show lasers if you need to see them for like the the Simtex, uh, laser grids and everything like that. But also like. I've played that game a bajillion times, so I know what to look for and everything, so I don't need to, like, use them. Or you can just use them and just let your health die. You die if you You lose health if you, if you have the cigarettes equipped. <laughs> I mean, that's right. Yeah. It's accurate. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's there's some stuff in this game that I was like, okay. I, I, I get what you're going for here. I get it. And then there's some other things. I was like, this is a f-ing mess. What are you doing? Like a lot of the, the technical stuff in this game is also like really interesting for a, you know, yeah, a PS2-ish like, first year game. Um, Like you were showing me with the, the glass when you were breaking that. Like mm-hmm. that was impressive considering what year it was. Those ice cubes melt. The ice cubes melt. Like there was something else that you did that I was like, oh, hey, that's wild like you can shoot ketchup bottles and they'll spray ketchup everywhere you can like break bottles in the bar uh there's fruit that'll break if you like shoot it or attack it or stuff like that like there's a lot of interesting mm-hmm. things that they they put in here that is very like just technologically advanced yeah and also just like isn't really necessary but it feels like them just being like hey we can do this with this technology we got now so like i don't know why not <laughs> yeah no I, I i could see that i could see that Makes sense. But yeah, you were showing me all the cool things you could do. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I it's, was it's, it's still neat. Like I feel like it's still stuff that like it's cool to look at even like today. Yeah, because I mean a lot of that stuff like in, in games you just typically have like, oh, here's a bar. Well, you can't interact with yeah. it or anything. 
It just that's a set piece. Like a lot of games, to, even today, aren't aren't going to like that level of detail. Correct. It's neat. Um. Oh God, my voice cracked. <laughs> you have to cut that out. Nope. Um. I feel like people probably got mad at the escort mission. It's not great. I mean, it felt like you were fine with it because you've done it a lot. Yeah, there's another one also in three that I don't like either. Um, Mm -hmm. Just mechanically, I feel like they just aren't that great or really that fun to do. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Um, I still don't understand why you put her on your back while you were swimming because it makes it harder to swim. Well, she can't swim, so. Hold on to the front like a koala. That's the way to do it. <laughs> and then you get to koala dude. Like, why wouldn't you want... Well, I guess she doesn't want to because not her f***ing brother, but... <laughs> Just saying. That's the easier way to, to get through a water situation because he was, like, basically kicking her around because he was having to kick his legs. Blah, 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 blah. You koala on the front, you're all good. Yeah. I mean, you could technically koala on the back, but it'd be easier on the front. I don't know why I'm even talking about this. Ugh. I mean, this is the Alex Pierce's Metal Gear Solid 2 experience, so. Um, it is, it is not, it is not, uh, I didn't take to it like I did the Alex Pierce's Yakuza. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm not expecting us to be like, all right, we're going to play through every Metal Gear game now. Let's go. I know, but like, I didn't expect to take the Yakuza the way I did either. Yakuza is, is a di- very different thing, though. Yakuza's art. It has more broader appeal than I feel like this kind of does. You think so? Less problematic material. Okay, I will, I will take that, yes. There is less problematic, which is wild because it's about crime. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a lot less problematic stuff in there. I... I don't know. I don't know, man. All I'm learning, the more Kojima stuff I interact with, is just that he's a weird, weird Yep. That's that's the general consensus. <laughs> Dude is, uh, he's, he's something. Um. Yeah, he, he, he had, he had a man fall behind George Washington and dies. You so. get to have a boss fight on top of Federal Hall. You Thank sword you. fight the former president of the United States on top of Federal Hall as the final boss fight of this video game. Which you had to explain to me that he was the former president because yep. I didn't know that. But like it's real that's, good. that's real good. I I will give you that. That is real good to sword fight the former US president on top of Federal Hall and then he dies behind George Washington. It's pretty good. And I'm pretty sure GW, the AI, is George Washington. Yeah. Which, man, every time I hear AI now in video games, I'm like, Ooh. I know. <laughs> You're like, Ooh, I don't know about that. Ooh. Which, I mean, I guess the AI is the villain in this game, so. Yeah. I mean, it's not the villain, but it's a villain. Yeah. Um, 
and you know ha has Raiden like questioning reality and all that, which you know, it's a whole lot of that going on IRL. Uh huh. Makes sense. Yeah, every time I hear AI is 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 a whole thing in a game. Like mm, this feels too close to home. I do be like that. What's your favorite part about this game? <sighs> Besides sword fighting, the farm we use president on top of better all. pretty good. <laughs> um, I really just like the ending sequence a lot, and mm -hmm. where like you get all the reveals and everything, just like the rug pulled, the rug pulled out from under you like multiple times and everything. Um, like I feel like that's still real fun, and it was mm -hmm. such a, like a mind blowing experience when I first played it. Um, so well, so I really enjoy that that part of it. We were talking about. I'll, I'll. I want you to finish this thought, mm. um, but I, I have to say this real quick as an interjection. We were talking about how at one point, um, the the Colonel Man is like making a reference to the system, the game system. Yes. When he's like having his breakdown thing, and we're like, "Wow, that you know, I I I don't remember a game doing that other than Eternal Darkness." But then we looked that up. That was like what two thousand four, I think we said. Mm -hmm. So it was after that. But I don't remember games doing that much, and games still don't do that much. That they like self-reference the console or PC you're playing on, unless it's like Doki Doki Literature Club or like Undertale. Like Undertale. Uh, that one made me so uncomfortable. It's definitely a game. Like more the the more you will see that type of thing is like in games that are not big budget AAA games. Correct. And, like, I, I don't know, per se, if other games have done this at this point. They probably had. Um, and probably it was more, like, more Japanese games at the time were doing stuff of that mm -hmm. nature. Um, but I think it's probably one of the first big instances of a game doing so in, like I said, a bigger bigger budget, big AAA temple release. Right. Especially at that time, so... It was one of those things, especially for like people who were playing it for the first time. You'd be like, "What? What? what? At, huh? Right? Huh? Huh? Well, I mean, even when we were playing, I was like, "Huh?" Yeah. And like, I'm I've experienced this kind of stuff before, so it was, it was wild. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted you. Things you like about this game? Um, What's your favorite thing about this game? So yeah, I like the ending. I remember. So like, I remember when I first played like Steins Gate for the first time, and it does like its fake out ending. Mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh my god." I love this sort of thing because it just makes me think of MGS2 all the time when games do right. that. Right. Um, right. So that's cool. I think the gameplay still holds up pretty well. It's like it is pretty more. It's more basic compared to like four and five per se. But like, um, I still think it, it's it's easy to dive into. It's it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's aged particularly poorly or anything like it feels still feels pretty snappy and everything and like like mm -hmm. we talked about all like the technological stuff around the game as well is still very cool to see and everything um yeah i just it's just fun for me it, it's it's very much kind of like it is nostalgia for me as well because like you know i played this game when i was like 12 for the first time um you know it was like in 2002 when I, you had this, to hide the the man butt. This was literally one of the first games I got for my PS2 when I got a PS2. It was this and uh, SmackDown Shut Your Mouth. So you had to get <laughs> you have to get Metal Gear and you get a wrestling game. Two two very good PS2 games, by the way. So like I I started off with two bangers. 
Um, but but yeah, like I I go back to this game quite a bit every now and then, um, and just still have a good fun, fun time with it every time I play through it. Like I like I like we talked about, there are problematic elements to this game. Do not get me wrong. <laughs> there are parts of this game where I just like roll my eyes at, and I'm just like, oh, this is real stupid. But then there right. are other parts where I'm just like, this is real good <laughs> as well. I think if they had left out the entire, like, incest plot, I would have been, like, more okay with the game generally. Yeah. It's very it just, needless and, like, unnecessary. Right. Like, you can have him, like, mourn his sister and have the emotional impact of that without, like, having the incestuous stuff there. Yeah. Do not like that. It it just also felt like it. Now I say like, it didn't matter. It doesn't. No. Like, why is it there? It didn't feel like it was really plot relevant, and it just felt like it was there to be like taboo and weird. Yeah. Which like feels very edge lordy. No, I I I yeah. I can totally see also, that. <laughs> Our our first PS2 games are very very. Different. Oh, I yeah, I'd imagine so. <laughs> Do you know what mine was? Final Fantasy X. It was Final Fantasy X. You are correct. Very different. <laughs> I played a lot of Final Fantasy X for the first time uh, on a car ride to Florida. Nice. Do you have one of those like? portable TV thing. It was like a van that got rented out and had a TV in it. Hell yeah. So we just hooked up a PS2 to it and my friend got Final Fantasy X. Those are always like super fancy. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I wanted one of those permanently but <laughs> alas yeah. I was a lower middle class child who did not have access to those things very readily. True. But yeah I mean, that's a Good way to experience Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Time killer. True. Mm-hmm. But yeah. No naked men in that one. No. Not getting all up Just in more dad grundle. issues. Oh, yeah, I guess you trade the incest for daddy issues. Both games with dad issues. Oh, boy. Does Kojima have daddy issues? I don't... I, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not here. I can't psychoanalyze Hideo Kojima <laughs> for you. I'm sorry. You mean you're not his therapist? Dude, if I was his therapist, I'd be making way more money. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, and whoever his therapist is, if they exist, they deserve a raise. They're the ones feeding him all this story information. Oh, my God. Uh wow. But I did, I did like Raiden. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I thought he was a fun character, even though he does have the like weird plucky kid of like I did this in VR. Um, I do think but, they 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 overcorrect on his character specifically after this game, because um, mm-hmm. like in four, you know, he has like the cyborg ninja stuff, but then he becomes like super right. edge lordy. He's like. I don't want to deal with Rose anymore or my kid. Oh. They ab- I abandoned them. That feels very out of character yeah, it, considering it's so what he had. weird and everything. Like, it just feels... It definitely feels like they tried to make him, like, 
cool to like make the the audience that hated him like start to like him more um mm. i think there's a good happy medium about him in revengeance where mm-hmm. he's not as edgelordy even though like you know he's that game is all about him just being a ninja and cutting stuff up right but he's not just like grunt like grim dark edgelord in that game he has like more like humor in it compared to four in particular right which is nice to see it makes sense i mean like he definitely had some of the like bright eye bushy tailedness yeah. here. Um but I mean obviously there's a pretty dark backstory that goes along with him too. Mm-hmm. Um but I I don't see why that would be a reason and I actually think that it's a good argument against him going like full abandonment mode. Yeah. Um but you know, I didn't write the game so You were not Hideo Kojima, you that's true. I'm not, but I did. I did really like him though, and I liked his interactions mm-hmm. with like uh, with the uh, snake. Yeah. Um. They they were fun together. Yeah, and I think we talked about this as well after we, we beat the game. Like, I think they do. They make Snake real interesting in this game as well. Like, he's just not the prototypical action star as he kind of is mm-hmm. in one and the other games as well. Prior to this, like, you see more like empathy from him. And, like, mm-hmm. actually caring about, like, the greater societal problems that he's trying to fix and everything. And, like, the greater world problems as well. And, like, also just trying to help Raiden get through his problems that he's dealing with. Because, like, you know, he's, like, he's the rookie and he needs, he kind of needs some guidance here and there. And Snake's that, the guy who's here to give it to him. Even though, like, if you looked at, like, MGS1 Snake, he probably would not have been the dude who would do that. Right. So I think they they make Snake, like, much more interesting in this game as well, which is surprising well and i also thought it was interesting that like you you don't know for a while like which side he's actually on mm-hmm. so like he does give you advice and he does help you out but the whole time you're like are you actually helping me or is something going on here right um which i mean they're narratively it makes sense that they would do that even though like we we as the humans who are playing this realize like that's not going to be the case um but I thought it was well done how how there was the question building in of like how does he how does he slot into what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Um I like that. And like I said, I like their dynamic a lot. Yeah. So that was good. Yeah. There are good things in this game. There are also bad there things are. in this game. <laughs> there are. But that I that's agree. the Hideo Kojima experience, I feel like. Oh man! Because like I mean, I mean, what do we we have? You have watched me play through this Snatcher and Death Stranding, and I feel like mm-hmm. all three of those games, you could say, hey, there are good things about this game. There are bad things about this game. <laughs> I mean, Snatcher has a bang soundtrack. It really does. And I mean, like, it's it's mostly Blade Runner, and I like Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> but the parts that aren't Blade Runner, I'm like, ooh. Okay. And then, you know, Death Stranding is... Death Stranding's Death Stranding. <laughs> Mario and Princess. Mario and Princess Beach. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's Metal Gear Solid 2. I experienced You it. experienced MGS2 for the first time, which is fun. I did. I did. I'm glad we got um, to do that. I am, too. I, I would not have done that on my own. No, of course um, not. So... So I appreciated you being the the pilot there. Yeah. Um, but 
it, it was it was a good time to experience it alongside you because I, I know how much this game is, is a big deal for you. Yeah, and also I, I wanted you to see kind of like the the ways that this game has been like I said ahead of its time essentially mm-hmm. and like get your thoughts and opinions on that so I thought that was fun yeah I mean I could definitely see some some academic papers coming out of this for sure and which you mentioned a few of yeah. them but like I, I could I could absolutely see that mm-hmm. um, so that makes sense yeah but yeah not completely terrible yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's Metal Gear Solid 2 in a nutshell. Yay. Uh, and that's going to do it for us this week. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like more from us, head on over to seasonalanimecheckup.com or sac.cool so where you can find past episodes of this podcast and other podcasts like Jared and Outwatch. And also find columns and reviews on the site as well. If you'd like more from Anladium, go to anladium.com. She's got columns and reviews. You can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Anime Checkup. Follow us on Blue Sky at seasonalanimecheckup.com. Uh, you can buy our books, One Shiny Moment, a critical analysis of Love Life, Sunshine, and Hot Tubs and Pac-Man on Amazon.com. And you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash S-A-C-O-V-A. Buy us a slice of pizza, get access to unedited versions of the podcast early, and a whole wealth of bonus content as well. Next week, it's time to find out about a man who erased his name. Oh. We got to see what's up with this Joryu guy. Yeah, who is that guy? Who's this feller? Who is he? What's up with He's him? He's got sunglasses, so we can't tell. Yoosh. Yoosh. So, yeah, we'll talk about Like a Dragon Guy Den, the man who erased his name next week. <laughs>